Hey, it's Joyce. Every week, I have the chance to chat with an interesting, inspiring human and to share that conversation with you. Join me as I walk and talk with entrepreneurs, adventurers, and all sorts of people who are working hard to empower women and make the world a better place. Now listen, this is not some highly polished, formally produced podcast. It's just two humans out for a walk with the chance to learn from each other. So lace up your sneakers, head out the door, and join us. Hey, everyone. Joyce here, welcoming you to today's Walk and Talk, where our guest is Lexi Hidalgo. And Lexi and I first connected, unbeknownst to her, because she is something of the voice of a generation that includes my daughter. And we had connected. Lexi is a social media influencer. She is the host of the incredibly popular podcast, The Moments Podcast. And I reached out to Lexi because I really wanted to take to get her take on the power of walking and kind of what's happening with the voice of her generation and the generation she speaks to. So we're going to cover all the things today. Lexi, thank you so much for taking some time. And thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So your journey, which you share really openly, which I think is one of the beauties of your kind of connection and conversation with your community, uh, is really interesting. So can you share with our audience, who probably don't know you as well as some, uh, kind of what led you to the work that you do now? Yeah, of course. So first of all, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to just chat and talk and get deep and talk about whatever it is that comes across our minds. But if there's one thing I've learned in the recent years of my life, Brene Brown taught me that there's a lot of power and a lot of value in vulnerability and just being open. And I found it really special to help people feel less alone in all the things they go through, because the reality is we're all humans on this roller coaster of life with emotions up and down and lots of things going on in between. And I never really expected to be doing social media. It wasn't exactly what I planned on doing. I thought I would be a teacher or a therapist and who knows, I could still become one of those things down the line. But for now, I'm, I'm loving this and I think it's really special. But I actually found a passion for helping others kind of get through all the rough patches in life when I became a certified yoga teacher back when I was 13. And I went through a really rough patch myself in middle school, you know, mean girls, teenage years, you know how it can be arguing with my family all the time, just always wanting to be right. And I thought the world was against me and I was constantly against myself until I found yoga and yoga changed my perspective on every single thing in my mind and in my life. It made me see colors again. It made me see beauty again. It made me love other people and slowly start to love myself again. So I decided to get certified to teach yoga and to bring that opportunity, I guess, to anyone else who wanted to try it and to discover it. So that's really where my passion sparked for talking others through things and helping others through things. And then slowly, as life does it, it just evolved into this platform that I've built now. And it all started with TikTok and decided to start a podcast. And now we've had the Moments podcast for about almost two years now time really does fly because I can't even comprehend that but it's been a really fun journey it's been very special and I'm learning so much along the way and I think my number one goal with it is just to take all the things that I learn and in some way shape or form share them with whoever wants to listen 
So, yeah, I think that that's, that's me in a very short little spiel. So I know you best from your podcast, um, unlike uh, my daughter and my husband, actually. I don't spend a lot of time on TikTok, um, but I have listened to quite a few of your podcasts, and you really are incredibly forthcoming. You know, you just shared a little bit about your journey, and uh, middle school was difficult, and then you came, you started to come out of that and grow out of that. But as you share your your path, your journey hasn't been linear, right? It's not like I discovered yoga, I started to see myself in a better light, and everything consistently just improved from there. And I think that's a big part of the draw of the content you create is that you share a bit about the roller coaster with a certain vulnerability and authenticity. Is that like weird for you? You know what I mean? Like you're letting people yeah, yeah, know yeah. your business. <laughs> yeah, I, I learned quickly with the podcast. Originally, when I started it back in October of 21, I want to say it was, I thought I was going to be able to get in the zone once a week, make a guideline for what I was going to talk about, you know, talk about empowering or working on yourself and being the best version of yourself and feeling inspired and motivated. And that was all very easy in the beginning when I was in a patch of my life where I personally was inspired and empowered and motivated, mm-hmm. but I'm a female. I'm 22 years old. I've got a hormone cycle. I've got a lot of things going on in my life. I get super overwhelmed. I struggle really badly with ADHD. So my months in my life is constantly a roller coaster. And with the podcast, I quickly learned that if I'm going to be uploading every single week and talking to an audience and talking to my friends, I call them, for almost an hour every single week, I'm going to have to get real at some point. And I think mm-hmm. that that quickly became something that empowered me in a different sense because when I would post podcasts or even TikToks, if if I know you don't go on TikTok, that's probably a really good thing for your mental health. But <laughs> when I would be real and when I would be raw and say, listen, I'm struggling with this right now. I don't know why I am. I don't know what's going on, but here's how I'm feeling. It reached an audience in a more in-depth way. People were like, wait, I'm struggling with that too. I didn't know that that was something that everyone felt because I do believe we live in a society, especially here in the U.S., where we're so encouraged to have everything together all the time. I mean, even I think back to like high school and college, I was always asked like, oh, what are you going to be when you grow up? What are you going to do? What's your passion? And I never knew. And honestly, I think I'm still figuring it out and I'm still learning it. But when we're we're conditioned to believe that whenever we are hurting and we are struggling, we just kind of avoid it and run from it and just try to make everything still seem perfect on the outside. And I think that in the world of social media as well, like that's what people portray. And I think that's a cool thing. You know, we have Instagram and Facebook to post our happy moments and the highlights in our lives, but there's a whole lot of in between. And when people get real about that, I think it all just makes us feel better. And it helps us feel more united, I don't know, going through things. And it's definitely not linear. Like I might be having the best day of my life right now or tomorrow. And who knows, in a month from now, I could have something crazy happen out of my control. I'm going to have to go through something all over again. And I think when I learned to accept that and and know that it's not linear and know that it's not linear for anyone else, it helps me give myself a lot more grace. And it just helps me move through those patches so much easier. And this is honestly why I wanted to invite you 
on this podcast, on this walk and talk. And this is why I honestly am, am so happy that your voice is out there in the world because you're speaking to young women. And it's almost to me like you're the counter to so much of what they see out there in the world because you are willing to be real like that and to share so much of your ups and downs and your truth. It's just really a beautiful thing. And thank you for putting that out in the world because I think we all need it, but I also think the younger generation needs it. So this is a big, this is like a big ask. So uh, forgive me if you don't have a, a ready answer to it, right? But most of my audience uh, are women whose children are in your audience, right? So mm -hmm. w what should we know about your generation and girls and young women in your generation and the, the people that you speak to that are your friends in your community? What are the, like, the themes that you see over and over again? And how can we, as the generation above you, help support? Does mm -hmm. that make sense? Yes, so much sense because my mom and I actually talk about this all the time because I genuinely believe that something now that helps me when I go through these patches is the communication that I have with my mom that I didn't used to have when I was in seventh, eighth grade. And I was dealing with like silly stuff on social media. We used to have this thing called Ask FM. And now, I mean, now this, this shows form in every other platform online somehow, but people would be able to anonymously comment things and you would have to view them like on your public profile. And people would be really ruthless on there. And I think that that's when my mental health really first started to struggle. And that's where I think social media can be like such an iffy, scary thing, even though it has so many benefits. There's so many pros, but with that comes a lot of cons. And there's so much comparison online. And I learned that quickly when this whole Ask FM thing happened. And at the time, I didn't know how to talk to my mom. We didn't know how to communicate, so we argued all the time. And I think that that happens in a lot of mother-daughter relationships in the 12 years old to 16 years old, you know, give or take a few years at some point. And if it doesn't, that's a beautiful thing. But if it does, I, I can look back and say the one thing that I wish my mom kind of did more um, that would have been really valuable for me and helped me feel a little bit more understood and heard was just not even be willing to listen. I'm trying to figure out the right words to say this, but just try to understand that the way of the world now is a little bit different than it was back when she was growing up. And I think that when she finally started to figure that out, we just slowly healed our relationship and communicating. And we took the conversations that we were having, instead of making them arguments, they were more just openly discussing what I'm feeling, what she's feeling, how we can work through it. and take it from there on. And then also just as a mom, I think if I had a daughter on all this social media and stuff right now, I would probably just continue to remind her that she's worthy and valuable and enough because I genuinely believe the biggest problem with social media is just that it puts this idea in our minds that we are never going to be beautiful enough to meet the certain beauty standard or I don't know, skinny enough or thick enough or whatever it is that's trending at the time when we're constantly comparing to what other people have, we are feeling like we're never going to be able to get there. And just those words of affirmation, maybe that's just a me thing because that's my top love language, but 
I do think that that would help in, in anyone who's struggling with comparison online or just being sucked into the trap of social media in, on the negative side, you know? But overall, I think just focusing on bonding time, like doing things together where you can step away from social media, but not in the sense that it's like, you need to get off that phone. It's more in the sense of, let's go get our nails done. You know, let's go get lunch or let's go have a photo shoot. Who knows what it is or whatever is something that you guys bond over. Or I don't know. And I I genuinely believe too that a lot of the whole mother-daughter healing relationship thing stemmed from me just starting to understand that my mom is just an older version of me and she too is going through all these different life things. And I don't know, it it just, I really think I'm the one who shifted it in in our our middle school fights and whatever it was that would happen between us. I just kind of realized that like my mom should be my best friend and I want her to be my best friend and I have to be willing to listen to her and respect her because 99.99% of the time, what she would say to me was right. And it's just always proven to be true. A mother always knows what's best. And she probably could have communicated it differently at times. But for the most part, I just, I think it's really special to have a beautiful mother-daughter relationship. And that being said, love- it still comes with its, with its ups and downs. Like we still argue all the time. If we're both on our period, we can't even talk to each other because we're the same. <laughs> so it's, we're both irritable. We're both mad at nothing. And now we just kind of have learned how each other, how we work and, and what works best for one another. It's kind of like being in a relationship, but it's my mom. Yeah, it's interesting to put it in that perspective. It is a relationship and there probably are some good uh, lessons and patterns even to recognize around that relationship that might translate into some other relationships, friendships and romantic relationships, et cetera, et cetera. The way you interact with people you care about. I think there are some patterns in there probably you can. Yeah. Um, I want to go back to something that you were talking about because I had a conversation uh, with my daughter. This is months and months ago. And there's a lot out there in the world around body positivity and body acceptance. And I'm seeing more and more Mm -hmm. of that. And I said to my daughter, like, is it better with your generation? You know, is the body image like, are you guys as a group doing better with that? And she's like, I don't think so. So I'm curious, like, why aren't we getting better as a culture? Yeah, I mean, I, I can 100% so confidently say that I think it's just getting worse. And it, it genuinely breaks my heart. I keep saying the word genuinely, but I just feel very passionately about all these different topics. And body image is a really big one for me, because all through high school, I kind of had a leaner toner body just naturally. I cheered my whole life growing up. I, all my friends called me a bottomless pit. I could eat and eat and eat and like nothing would change about my body. And then I kind of got to this point where my body was moving into womanhood. I got more curves and I, I put some, put some weight on in different spots. And at the time I didn't see that as something beautiful because I have been so conditioned by almost every beauty standard and every thing that I see on social media that I'm supposed to stay super small or super tiny or whatever it was at the time. And I couldn't process that I was just evolving. You know, I was turning into a woman. My body was becoming able to do more things. And it was a hard thing to go through. And I think that that is something that almost every girl experiences. And I think that the reason it's so much worse now is because, again, it almost always comes back to that comparison thing that I was saying 
we see everything. And I was watching this TED talk on the paradox of choice and how it's like the more options we have and the more things that we see, the harder it is to be one, okay with who you are and where you're at, or two, to be able to make a decision. And once I saw that kind of changed my whole perspective on everything, I was like, okay, I have to realize that I came from this beautiful line of DNA. Like my ancestors go back way, 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 way back. And I still have traits that they used to have. And that's one of those things that just brings me comfort. And it really helps me love myself a little bit more. And I think that that is really something that is difficult to get across to teenage girls when we are so constantly consumed or so constantly consuming the options of what people are doing. And especially now with people being really open about getting different alterations, boob job, liposuction, whatever it may be, lip filler. It's really cool that people are more open about it because in, in one side, on one side, now we know, you know, that's not natural and it's not <laughs> something that's necessarily attainable for everyone. But on the other side, I personally have been affected by this. I'm like, oh, I could do that and I could do that and then I could look like this. And it's honestly a really hard thing and I think it goes so deep. I just, I don't want to feel like that, but it's almost an unavoidable feeling. And I know that we all are feeling that. So I I just think that that's why it's gotten worse. And I don't really know the steps on fixing it. I think it really is just finding this appreciation for your body and knowing that it is the reason we can move and we can dance and we can swim and knowing that we don't have to do anything to deserve food or to feed the soul or to go get a large mac and cheese from Panera Bread whenever we want, you know, (laughs) it's just, it's a hard thing. And it's something that I think we're all still navigating and it's going to be a long process. That's at least where I feel we are with it, but I'm, I'm still working on loving my body every single day, but you know, she's doing great things for me. So she could stick around. (laughs) And maybe just thinking a little bit about what you just said, maybe one of the steps is, us really recognizing that we're getting those messages and where they're coming mm-hmm. from. So, right, the first step in sort of tamping them down and putting them in their place is maybe identifying where it is that those voices in our head are coming from, right? I 100%. Saw this, right, I saw this stuff, I saw this person doing this, I heard this comment, and that's what's feeding this line of thinking in my brain and maybe that's not enough to sort of completely uh, walk away from those feelings, but it seems to me that maybe the first step is really seeing where they're coming from. Definitely. I think the first step in almost anything that we're struggling with when it comes to those negative thoughts or just whatever it may be is simply awareness. Because once we can become aware of something exactly like you're saying, we can start to pinpoint how often it's happening, how often we're having these thoughts or seeing these comments or seeing these videos. And eventually we can train ourselves to get to a point where things that used to phase us don't phase us. And at first when I, whenever, I don't know where I heard that, or maybe it was my therapist that told me it, I don't exactly remember. At first I didn't believe that it was something I had control over, that I could, you know, Mm. change the, the thoughts that my mind was having on its own, like subconsciously. And then I started putting it to the test and being online chronically for my job, I'm constantly posting on social media and posting almost every aspect of my life. People see me in a bathing suit. They see me in how I dress. They see what I do with my days. They see my hair when it's messy, no makeup, fresh out of bed, whatever it is. 
they see all forms of me. And for the most part, people are really supportive. I get a lot of nice comments and whatever it is. But I also, on the opposite end of the stick, is a lot of negative people who make these fake accounts, no profile, no profile picture, no username, to just comment really hateful things. And when I first started doing social media, I didn't know how long I was going to last in this environment because I'm a little bit sensitive. I, I take things personally. You know, my love language is words of affirmation. So I take the opposite very heavily as well. And I just started to not view them as personal attacks and just take them as like, okay, this person's projecting. They have something going on in their life and it has nothing to do with me personally. And I just kind of kept training my mind to think that every time I saw a hateful comment or a hateful DM and with a lot of training, you know, I'm three years into this game, I can see those comments and I can simply laugh at them and it does not affect me nearly as bad as it used to. And once that proved to, to work for me, I've just applied it to everything else that happens in my life now. Negative thoughts, at least. So Awareness are two is just a huge step. Yeah, so there are two pieces to what you just said. Uh, the first is, and I have said this so many times as, as well, though it's harder in practice than it is in theory, but it's doable, 100%. which is we do have a lot of control, certainly more than we think we do, around where we put our, our mental energy and our focus. Uh, but there's another piece of it, which is we can also better control the input. So you talk about seeing the negative comments and then you read them and you've got to kind of process them and, and do, and we see the compare and despair content. And, but we can control some of the content. Like you don't Absolutely. actually have to look at all that stuff. And that's part mm -hmm. of it too. Like I would say to everybody, and it, this, you know, goes to your generation and my generation, like, we can control the input. Absolutely. I, I actually, I think it was, I don't know when it was, but I did a whole, a whole episode on this because it was really a wake-up call for me when I, when I realized that I, I formulate my TikTok for you page or my Instagram explore page or even just my normal Instagram feed or my Facebook feed. I wait, never told you, you that. Wait, you know you're wait, you know you're talking in language that half of my listeners have no idea what you're saying. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let me I'll, I'll explain it a little bit deeper. So, you know, if you're not on TikTok or if you're not on Instagram, the for you page is basically where you spend most of your time. You know, you scroll through and you see videos from people all over the world of all ages, but the more things that you like, you know, you double tap, you like it, it's going to show you more of that. So, if I spend my time liking videos that make me, and I don't know why we do this, or sharing videos or watching videos multiple times um, of something that makes us upset, if it's like this really cute couple and you're really single and you send the video to your best friend and say, oh, wish this was me, your phone, because you know technology is so advanced these days, is going to show you more of those videos. And eventually we formulate this feed that is crafted to keep us, keep us addicted and to keep us scrolling. So when I learned that I can just scroll past those videos and like the videos that talk about, you know, self-love and self-care tips and how to become the best version of yourself and why you should go outside and random facts about volcanoes, that's what my For You page is going to show me more of. And ever since I kind of made that realization, I've completely shifted the media that I'm consuming. I, for the most part, when I do get stuck in a deep scroll, I'm seeing things that are empowering me, that are motivating me, that are 
leaving me feeling inspired. And, and don't get me wrong, it's easier said than done. I still come across videos that make me very jealous and very upset that this is what I'm doing with my life instead of being wherever with whoever. Um, but I can, I kind of have the awareness now that I can skip, skip past that and I can formulate what I need to see. And I think that if we all did that, we'd all be living a little bit happier, but it's so much easier said than done. And I'm still trying to figure out the first steps on motivating someone to do that because it is, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of the social dilemma or seen it, but it's a Netflix documentary and it goes in depth on how our phones keep us addicted. And then that's why we don't want to take the step to change what it is that we're consuming, whether it's hurting us or helping us. A lot of us just want to stay right where we are because we're scared of what could happen if we change something. Yeah. And it's, it's, you're talking about it in the context of social media, but the exact same lessons go to everything we're consuming, the conversations we choose to mm-hmm. have, the people with whom we surround ourselves, what I we watch, what we read, you know, and, and that's, I, I feel like you talk a fair bit about this too. Uh, and we're, I think, super aligned on this, right? Control the input. And that's 100%. from all the different sources. It's and an absolute gosh, it's game changer. So hard. It's a it's game so changer, hard. right? Yeah, because I mean, I, I am just the way that I work. I go through my roller coaster of life and emotions. Is I don't want to say it's more extreme than most people, but I'm I'm comparing myself to my best friend here, who is just the most type A, very structured, easygoing, nothing bothers her kind of person. I'm the opposite, so I'm up and down all the time. So when my life is very put together, I'm on top of the world. But if I lose track of one of these things, like if I stop reading self-help books at least once a week, all of the other things just slowly start to diminish and I stop focusing on what I'm putting in. And it helps me realize that all of the little things make the biggest impact. And I mean, like you have the book on walking, like just being able to go for a walk every day or to listen to the birds chirp or to take 10 minutes in the morning before you check your phone to just sit outside, whether it's gloomy or hot or cold or raining, the outdoors is very healing, at least for me. And all of these little things, making sure you drink enough water will genuinely change every bit of how you feel about your life and about life in general. So believe it or not, half an hour goes really, really fast. And I still have a couple oh my of gosh. things that I wanted. I know, I know. Uh, I want to hit on real quick. So like me and like has obviously come clear to everybody who's joined us on today's Walk and Talk, you are a woman with a lot of ideas and a lot of projects and perhaps like me, a little bit of an idea junkie. Um, I want to give oh, you yeah. the, the, um, a moment to talk about a new project that I didn't even know that you were working on. So you're working on a journal. You want to yes. share a little bit of what that's about? Yes, I would love to. It's crazy to believe that it's finally coming to fruition because this idea started, I think, before I started the podcast. I always said, I either want to write a book or design a journal because journaling is something that has really changed my life in the sense that the same way we need to focus on our input, if we write how we're feeling and we put things out on paper, it can really help us move through a lot of the different things that we feel in our life. And it's also really valuable to reflect back on past journal entries. And Whenever I would talk about journaling, I would get a lot of comments like, well, what do I journal about? How do I even start? Mm. And I have all these prompts that just kind of compile in the back of my brain and I keep them 
on a list in my notes app. And one day I was just like, yeah, we're doing a journal. And we went through the whole process. It's in its publication process right now. I did the final journal proposal back in January of 2022. And the journal is going to be for sale, ideally. We're still working on all the final strings and knots, whatever it is, um, in April of 2024, springtime 2024. So it's going to be a journal for you to just empty your mind and to reflect on who you are and who you're becoming and who you're surrounding yourself with and how you're really feeling on the inside. Because, you know, on the surface, we feel one thing, but when we let our mind dump and we let our subconscious thoughts flow on paper, we kind of realize we're feeling a lot more things than we thought we were. And that's why I find journaling to be so valuable. And I'm really excited to share it. I think it's going to be something that anyone of any age can benefit from, not necessarily just my demographic of girls my age, but anyone and everyone. So I'm very excited to share that. It's going to be called the Moments Journal. And that was kind of my first time talking about it. So thank you for letting me do that. That was awesome. Yay. Honored to help share the news. And I I only wish it was coming sooner, but goes on the I know, list. Me too. Of, I, know, I know. It goes on the list of like, if you can encourage young women and girls to start journaling and to get into that routine and start processing their thoughts and their emotions in that way, like God bless getting that out yeah. there. So. I think it was a huge life changer for me because I, I really, it's been a slow process of discovering myself and discovering what makes me feel good and what helps me get through all the things I feel in my life and to get past comparison and negative self-talk. But one of the biggest things was being able to write in my journal and I would write things down and read them back and sit there and be like, Lexi, why is that making you feel that way? Like it shouldn't, you know, mm. this is just some random person who, I don't know, lives in wherever doing whatever that should not affect how you feel about your life. Personally, you should like take a moment to appreciate all of the beauty that you have right here, right now. And it just opens your eyes. It, it all goes back to awareness and journaling brings a lot of that. So yeah. Well, please, please, of course, keep us posted. And for people who would like to discover a little bit more of your content and your wisdom, we'll link everything in the show notes, but where are the best places to find you? What are your handles on your social media channels? Awesome. Yeah. So I'm all over the place. You could go on any platform. If you type in Lexi Hidalgo, you might find something, but I would say definitely the Moments Podcast is on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And then I would say my other favorite platform is TikTok and Instagram or our TikTok and Instagram. And that is Lex Hidalgo. So it's L-E-X-X-H-I-D-A-L-G-O. And plus a lot of random stuff on there. You know, you get updates on everything going on in my life with a bunch of random encouragement thrown somewhere in the midst of it. But I'm all over. Well, Lexi, thank you for being part of this conversation. And honestly, more importantly, thank you for putting your voice out to a generation that I really believe needs to hear from you. So thank you for being here. Thank you for being for doing the work that you do. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. That was awesome. And hopefully one day we do a little switch up and you can come on the Moments podcast and talk to all my friends. And oh, that, that would be, that would be cool. so fun. So, yeah, that would be we'll, so we'll fun. We'll make it happen. We'll definitely make Sounds. it happen. But I really appreciate you. And I think that, you know, reaching out to your generation as well is very important because, you know, we all work together. We're all, we're all the same people just at different points in our lives. And it's awesome. You know, and to that point, I think we have a lot 
generationally to learn from one another. So let's keep for the sure. conversation going for sure. Have a beautiful Absolutely. day and thanks again. Thank you so much. All right. Bye, everyone. Thank you for joining us for today's Walk and Talk. Catch new episodes featuring inspiring guests every week and all the places podcasts live. Until then, I wish you happy trails.